Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. A couple of housekeeping things I want to mention. You need to stay tuned this hour. We got Nate Zielinski here in just a matter of seconds. But we're going to have uh, a segment on a fish later on that you can only catch at one other lake in the lower 48 states. And Brad Peterson is going to join us the next hour. And we're going to talk waterfall hunting, update on the waterfall, what's going on there. So we have a lot more to come. But remember to follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors because legendary angler Greg Clajo, who was on with us in the first hour, um, he is doing a series on my Facebook page. It's about a four or five parts part series. He calls it the, uh, the ice fishing journey or trip or something. And his first one, you'll see a photo of him and his brother with the old, what we used to call jig rods, which was just a dowel with a nail on it and two pegs that you'd wrap the line around. And he's going to take that series right through the modern day ice fishing advances. Now, speaking of that, joining us from the ice show in uh, Minnesota, one of our favorite contributors, of course, and one of Colorado's premier ice fishermen, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing good, you know, and it's going to be like 65 degrees today, and even the mountains are struggling. But I looked at the forecast. The weather's going to start to turn this week, and certainly in the mountains in a couple of weeks, we're going to have great ice, and the front range will follow probably shortly after that. Absolutely, Terry. You know, I... Uh... I went out on the ice Thursday morning with Devin, shot some videos, uh, fishing some smaller ponds. We had brookies, rainbows, browns. Um, but I was up at uh, an elevation of 9,600, and I had 10 and a half inches of ice. Now, I was on one of those freak lakes, small, in a little valley, no wind, um, and we had lots of ice. But uh, I love the fact that I at least was on that ice. And we're starting to see ice building. And again, regardless of daytime temps, the, the morning temps, the nighttime temps are cold. So again, I think, uh, I think you give yourself one week and, and you're definitely going to be in fishable situations in a lot of different areas. I think this might be my chance to ice fish Joe Wright Reservoir. There's about a two-hour window when Joe Wright, between the time it freezes and it has six, six, six feet of snow on it. <laughs> exactly, before you kind of use the snowshoes to move five feet. Oh, did I ever tell you the story? I stopped there once. I was up fishing North Michigan Reservoir, and I, I was coming back, and it was pretty early in the year. It was Thanksgiving weekend, and I looked out at Joe Wright, and I, I couldn't tell if there was open water or ice, but the snow didn't look that bad. So I started, I, I stopped. I'd already put in a day of ice fishing, right? So I stopped, I got out of my car and thought, I'm going to walk down and check it out. I didn't even take any gear. I was still in my ice fishing clothing. And I got about half the way down there and I realized the snow was getting almost up to my waist. And I thought, well, I'm this far now. I broke trail. I'll keep going. I got down there. Half the lake was frozen. The other half was open. So I couldn't ice fish it anyway. So I started back up and... I made it about two-thirds of the way to my truck, and I laid down, and I said, this is where I'm going to die. Here I am at 10,000 feet, walking <laughs> through snow up to my waist like an idiot, and I really thought my life was over, Nate. <laughs> I've had those moments, Terry. I, I've definitely been there with you. <laughs> it's just amazing when at that altitude if you're not – and you and I, you know, we spend a lot of time at altitude, but, boy, I'll tell you. So, Nate, I know you're at the ice show. I know you got things coming up, ice fishing. What do you want to talk about today? You know, Terry, it's just it's just the start of it. You know, Terry Reservoir has some ice 
Um, you know, I really, again, this time of year, everybody is, is hitting me up. I'm getting emails, texts, phone calls about ice. And, you know, it's one of those times where I, I, I don't want to not talk about it, but I almost avoid it because we're, we're so close to having great ice. Um, you know, it's one of those situations that I don't want to tell you it's good because if I tell you it's good today and you go tomorrow, it might change. Or you get one crazy wind or you get just that. You get a little an expansion crack that allows some water to get up on the surface and the wind drives it in and can completely change. So um, I can tell you that I have some ice reports from kind of all over the state, but really we need one more week uh, with the night temps. So I can tell you that night temps in the last three, four nights have been anywhere from nine degrees to about 24 degrees. Now, obviously, daytime temps are dramatically different. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing, and I would, it's a great time in these nice temps right now to drive around and take a look at it. So instead of relying on reports that literally might be 24 hours old, that's how fast ice can change this time of year. Um, do, drive around, throw your ice gear in the in the truck, and if nothing else, it's a scouting trip. But there, you're going to find ice in a lot of places, a lot of a lot of coves, a lot of boat docks, uh, smaller bodies of water, things that have avoided the wind. Those type areas, you're going to find ice, and and you might have good fishable conditions. But more than relying on various reports. Um, get out there and check it out just because it's changing so fast. That's really where I'm at with the ice condition. Um, we are talking about the, the ice addiction schedule. Um, our first event is literally, you know, five, six weeks away. So we're really excited about that as we're going to have good ice for those. Uh, so we're excited about the ice addiction tournament that makes a great Christmas gift. Uh, and obviously, I'm here at the, the St. Paul Ice Show, which literally is the, the mother of all shows regarding ice. This is where... If there's going to be a product that hits the ice market, it starts in this show right here in the, you know, basically the, the capital of the ice belt. So we're excited about that. And there's a lot of new things. There's a lot of new shelters, a lot of new technology with shelters. Um, I think you're seeing, uh, you know, same thing as I think we saw at ICAST. More so than new things, I think you're seeing advancements in the products we have out there. You're seeing a lot of involvement with tungstens, where you have heavier jigs but smaller jigs. Um, I think the paint on jigs is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, and that's going to be a, a gamut of products. I mean, I think uh, you know you're seeing Clam Outdoors putting a lot of emphasis on their Clam Pro tackle, and that's same thing. Glow, color, paint jobs is phenomenal. Um, I was hanging out at the JR's Tackle Booth. You guys hear a, a lot about that. You know, they uh, they're just uh, they put a hundred percent of their basis in ice jigs and tackle, and their their red series, um, their UV red, their glow red um, is literally probably most some of the most incredible paint that you're going to see out there, and all that stuff's available online. So I think you're seeing a lot of improvements in. in in advancement on current tackle more so than the new things here at the show. You know, Claudio and I were talking uh, last hour about, you know, where we started without, we didn't have good clothing. We put layers of the wrong kind of material on and army surplus bunny boots. And we sat, we sat on a bucket, which I still do sometimes. And we, and we had no electronics and no good fishing rods and there was no knowledge out there to help us. I mean, there was just a hardcore bunch of us who were dumb enough to freeze to death out there. And <laughs> and now with the information that's available, the things you do online, the things that are available on my YouTube channel, I have a ton of ice fishing stuff there. The information that's available, the stuff that in Fisherman, I was talking to Doug Stangy just a couple of weeks ago, and the stuff he's doing, and the equipment that's out there, Nate. And you don't have to spend an arm and a leg. 
I think that's the biggest thing you're seeing. I was actually just looking at all the all the rods here today. So I'm looking at some stuff like Eagle Claw. I'm looking at the clam stuff. You know, regardless of the manufacturer you choose to use, you know, what – I mean, ice gear, rods and reels, has always been affordable. I mean, you can literally go to, to a wide variety of retailers, and for 10 bucks you can pick up a combo. And, you know, for 20 bucks you pick up a combo. And not to say – bad things about it but five years ago a twenty dollar rod reel combo it it was good it wasn't great to be totally honest with you a twenty dollar combo now you can probably hook a 20 pound lake trout and you probably have the drag to get that fish in it's it's crazy where you can what you can get to at what level you can get to for the price nowadays. It's incredible to to see the value you can get here. I mean, you literally can get a, a very quality rod reel combo for twenty bucks, and that's where you know five years ago twenty bucks got you a rod and reel combo, and that was it. You you got a rod and a reel. Now for twenty dollars, twenty five dollars, you really get a rod with great action. You want a, a twenty four inch light you know, fast tip type stuff. You want a, a 24 medium power. You really get a, a quality equipment for affordable. Now, you can obviously go all the way up to the extent of it, and you can get, you know, custom rods. I think custom rods are probably one of the biggest trends here at the show um, of a wide variety of manufacturers. You know, JR Sackle, JT, there's a, a million different, you know, custom rod manufacturers here at the show, and you're really seeing a lot of that getting built into the industry. Um, but on the affordable side, you can get some some unbelievable gear for a, for a very affordable price. But one of the things, in fact, my column in the Denver Post uh, two weeks ago, and you can find this on my Facebook page, by the way, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. My column two weeks ago was how inexpensively you can get into ice fishing, especially if you have a buddy who has a, an auger and a shelter. But you know, but you can get into it pretty cheap. Even if you buy a little better rod, there's a pretty good chance you can take one of your reels off your summer rods and use it during the winter. Most of the time, that works fine. You may have to change the line, but um, you can just spend like you get, like you said, you can get a good rod for ten dollars. You can buy a couple rods, put your summer reels on them. And then go with somebody so you learn a little bit. And really, that's all you have to invest. You can go out at Cherry Creek or Chatfield once they freeze. You can find open holes that somebody else drilled even. And just go out with a little bit of tackle. And on a nice day in a bucket, you can get started. Now, once you get into it, you're going to want to look at some of the number two thing, one and two things that I know you're going to talk about and I'm going to talk about when people want to really seriously get into ice fishing. And that's a shelter and electronics. Children electronics take it to the whole nother level. One, to, to be comfortable, to not have the fish with gloves, be warm. And obviously, you know, a, a flasher graph is your eyes underwater. It, it takes you to that whole nother level. But again, you can start anywhere. I mean, fun story. So I literally started at the very bottom. A lot of people, you know, see our ice fishing tournaments and they see me, you know, doing all the stuff with all the gear, just like you, Terry. And literally, I started rock bottoming years ago when my dad got me started. We didn't even have a hand auger. I remember going out on Bear Creek Reservoir with an axe. I mean, hitting ice and flying everywhere, hitting me in the face. We didn't have a split bar. We were literally using an axe trying to make a hole. And you'd see guys that were catching fish, and they would move off their area. And it was like it was like somebody giving us $1,000. We would be so excited just to go over to fish a nice round hole that somebody else had drilled for us. So it was awesome to, to, to find an old hole. And, I mean, that's how it started. And my dad today, literally, if you go find Mark Zolinski on the ice somewhere this winter, he, 
I, I'm happy to give him a Vexlock, give him shelters. I have a, a gamut of gear that he likes, and he doesn't want it. He's all about the traditional, you know, I'm starting from my roots and I'm continuing with my roots. He literally takes a 35-foot tape measure, a Stanley tape measure, walks out on the ice, puts a tape measure down the hole, hits bottom, and looks at his depth. Pulls it back in, goes to the next hole, puts a, a full-blown tape measure down that hole. He finds structure. Um, he has confidence in his gear, and he catches fish. And guys laugh at it, but, I mean, he's catching as many fish as anybody out there. And it's incredible because I, I love the fact that that's why ice is such a growing sport. You look at Colorado and the Western States. I just talked to a guy shooting a video here at the St. Paul Ice Show, and he's asking, you know, why is it such a popular sport? And that's the reason, you know, you can, you can have – the best of all worlds. Let's say you get into a to a high end tournament. You get into a, a Nitro ZV21. You put all the Lowrance electronics on it. You know it can cost a, a a pretty penny to have the latest and greatest in the open water world. But yet, if you spend let's just say two thousand dollars, I know that sounds a lot, but for two thousand dollars, you can literally have everything in the ice world you can get a, a thermal insulated shelter for 500 bucks you can get the latest ice armor suit for 500 bucks you get a vexlar for 500 bucks and you get a power drill for 500 bucks and you literally for for a couple thousand dollars you have the elite of the elite you have everything you could ever want in the sport and that's what's great about it because the investment is little and everybody is on the same waters nobody has got a better boat that can access new stuff nobody's faster literally we're all hiking out there we're all fishing the same waters and it's a great sport for the fact that for 15 20 dollars or for a thousand dollars you can literally have the gear and compete with everybody else on the water Nate, we are out of time. You're going to, I'm sure, find lots of great things you want to report back at that show. We'll talk to you next week, and hopefully next week you'll have some reports about ice, too. In the meantime, if people want information, where do they find you? You know, go to our website, tightlandoutdoors.com, and we're doing a new live feed on social media. If you go Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m., if you watch us live, we're going to do a whole update from the St. Paul Ice Show. We're going to be talking about the gear we saw, all the latest and greatest. But again, everything revolves around tightlandoutdoors.com. All right, Nate, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great thank show. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Nate Zielinski, always a great contributor. I'll tell you what, you know, uh, if you really want to find out about getting inexpensively into ice fishing, go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and just scroll down to the link to my column from two weeks ago in the Denver Post. All my columns in the Denver Post are, are linked on my Facebook page. Two weeks ago, I did one just on how inexpensively you can get into ice fishing. It's kind of a guideline for you. The, the second thing, go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, and film right in this area. Go to the one at North Michigan Reservoir, and there's also one at Dowdy. But the one at North Michigan Reservoir teaches you a little bit about how to try to judge safe ice. Now, there's no such thing as safe ice. You'll be very careful. But it also uh, talks about using electronics. Great, great uh, uh, episode for uh, for starting ice fishermen. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest motorcycle and ATV dealer. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. We are going right to the phones. We are being joined by um, a guide from up in the Dillon area. Uh, first time visiting us on the show. Really looking forward to it. Joining us from Alpine Fishing Adventures is Randy Ford. Good morning, Randy. Uh, good morning, Terry. How you doing? I'm doing great, and the weather down here. I'll tell you what, I really kind of want some ice, but it's hard for me to complain when I get this sunshine. What's the weather up there in the Dillon area? 
Oh, well, you know, we've got uh, mostly sunny up here, and uh, our temps are in the mid-40s. Um, so that's actually a cool down compared to what it was here a few days ago. You know, uh, we kind of had that same heat wave come through, and uh, it got pretty warm here uh, up in the high country. Now, I want to talk about some of the fishing opportunities that you guide on up there, and we're going to talk about your guide service. But before we even get to that, I want to talk about well, eventually get also to a lake that is has been virtually reborn over the last decade as a premier fishery in the state that I don't think has gotten enough attention, and people don't realize what, what a rejuvenation it's gone through. But I want to start out by talking about a, a very unique fish. In fact, if my research is correct, there's only one other spot in the whole lower 48 where you can catch an Arctic char other than Dillon and Colorado. And that's the Arctic char is such a unique fish that's offering such an incredible opportunity here in Colorado, Randy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, been a real interesting uh, um, development here with these char. Um, they originally tried to um, stock them back in the 90s. And apparently... That effort um, wasn't very successful. You know, you didn't um, have any reports uh, after they had done that um, stocking in the 90s. You didn't have too many reports of these char being caught. Um, I think there were a few around, um, but a very sparse amount. Uh, but back in uh, 2006 and 2007, um, there was uh, some funding that became available, I believe, through a private donation. Um, somebody donated in honor of their son. And um, so that helped with the budget. And the Colorado Parks and Wildlife, um, what they did was they were able to purchase um, a bunch of eggs from Canada um, of these charts. And so they raised them over in Buena Vista at the Mount uh, Shivano Hatchery there. And once they raised them up to fingerling size, around the four, you know, anywhere from, I think, three to five inches, um, they started stocking them by the thousands and they uh, did that stocking effort from um, around, I think it was 2007 through 2014 or 2015. And um, so uh, it's been from, uh, interesting for me as a fisherman uh, to kind of see it develop uh, from um, what's happened, you know, since they started stocking them um, 10 years ago. Now, they, when they started stocking them 10 years ago, of course, they were small, subcatchable fish. And we're going to get into a minute the dynamics of Dillon Reservoir because there were some dynamics there that were making it difficult for them to, uh, to, raise a, to manage that fishery properly. It's got a lot of mice and shrimp in it, and it's got a huge sucker population. We'll, we'll kind of get to the relevance of that to the other species in a while. But the char all of a sudden seemed to be thriving. I believe they were probably eating the mice or shrimp, and that gave them a real growth spurt. And tell us the kind of fish and the numbers of char you're finding there now. Uh, well, we're, we're starting to find a few of them show up more commonly over 20 inches. Right now, there's not a huge population of them. Uh, it's not something that you could go as a fisherman and say, all right, I'm going to go spend a day or two out on Dillon and target these fish. Um, you'd have a hard time getting one over 20 inches right now. But you'd However, catch fish. what's happened is uh, those fish that they stocked 10 years ago um, started to naturally reproduce. And it's kind of neat. We, we have a lot of information that we got because um, C. 
CSU was able to do uh, some extensive studies. A guy uh, by the name of Devin Olson did a uh, a really good study um, back in 2013 and 2014, I think. And the information that his study gave us was that, yes, these Arctic char are naturally reproducing. And um, for sure, they are curbing and they're doing well uh, eating the mycy shrimp. Oh, so. Man. Uh, what's happened is, you know, we had those fish get stocked and they were able to, there was, there's been enough time passed now that they reached sexual maturity. Um, I, I believe they have to be, you know, in that five to seven year range old. And so those fish started to uh, spawn and uh, lots of those um, eggs have hatched. And so what we're seeing is um, decent numbers of small fish in there, of fish right now in the, in the eight to 12 inch range. And if you spend some time at it, you'll, you might get, you know, a six, 17, 18 incher. And then, um, you know, of course, uh, some of the bigger ones are starting to show up. Uh, like, you know, we recently broke the state record. It was a four, like a four and a quarter pound fish. Now I want to, we've only got a couple minutes left, Randy. So I want to move on to some of the other developments at the lake too. The Arctic char, first of all, folks, if you've never seen one in the fall or like a brook trout or a lake trout, they're part of the char family. Their colors are unbelievable. In fact, there's a picture in the Post, uh, Denver Post, if you want to go see that picture of that record fish that was caught, just go to the Denver Post and Google it. But um, 25, 30 years ago, Dillon was a premier brown trout fishery. That kind of faded away because the suckers were eating all the small, uh, it became, there wasn't any prey available. They couldn't sustain a prey. So what the fisheries did, and I'm going to cut this short, but they stock a lot of catchable trout there, and that's always been a mainstay at Dillon. But they they went and they started stocking a lot of sub-catchable trout, which really were becoming food for these browns. And that brown trout population has really rebounded in both size and numbers, hasn't it? It has, yeah. And we've uh, more and more uh, during the spring, um, in certain times of year, we're, we're starting to catch some of those fish that finally made it past that 15-inch range. Uh, like, you know, like you said, a lot of the browns you did catch out of Dillon for many years. Um, you know, it was hard to get one over 15 inches. And, uh, you know, due to the forage supplement, like you mentioned, the, uh, along with stocking the fingerling Arctic char, um, the CPW has been uh, implanting, I think, up to, you know, three, 400,000 of these little fingerling rainbows, which has been uh, great forage and gave those, gave those brown trout a definite boost. So we're starting to see something reminiscent. Of the good old days. Well, and what and what happens is those brown trout now have something detailed. They get big enough to eat the suckers. I looked at the, the reports over the last four years. The sucker population has actually declined. The biomass of the lake, you're seeing big rainbows, big cut bows. The browns are definitely getting larger. And because of that management, Dillon has actually been reborn as a premier lake. I want to revisit this again, Randy. We're out of time. But tell people real quick about your guide service. Got to give them about 30 seconds on how they get a hold of you. Yeah, well, uh, we run um, guided ice fishing tours. And then during the summer, I have a 22-foot pontoon boat. And then we also do uh, fly fishing tours. And uh, kids can and under fish free. So we try and make it real affordable. Uh, you know, basically, if you have a, a couple of kids, uh, a family of four can come out for four hours for about 250 bucks. Um, and we do that. Uh, it's even less with the ice fishing. And uh, then if you want to see lots of photographs and um, pictures and reports, 
Um, just go to the Facebook page, the Alpine Fishing Adventures Facebook page. Um, give it a like because uh, we do a lot of trip reports after our trips and we get neat pictures. We'll post those up. You get to see some of these nicer fish we've been catching. And you can scroll through there and see pictures of the state record and some of the different stuff we do and, and uh, you know, get a good idea of seeing what's going on about Lake Dillon. And I'm going to start doing more fishing reports for Dillon and Green Mountain in this area here, the Blue Blue Valley area. So, Randy, we've got to run, but um, definitely people need to check it out. One of the things I'm really impressed with is you really focus on family-friendly trips. We'll probably get you back on in a week or two and get an ice fishing report from you. That sounds good, Terry. Thanks, Randy. Randy Ford from uh, Alpine Fishing Adventures. Sounds like a great guy. I haven't met him personally, but, boy, that lake, Dillon, has just become incredible. I want to get up there and fish it. Catching an Arctic char here in Colorado would be phenomenal. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Salmon. Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. By the way, I want to um, put out a trivia question right now before we go to our next guest. When I was on with the folks from Sportsman's Warehouse in the first hour, they mentioned they have a fly rod uh, set, which is tremendous, that normally goes for 200 which is just a deal at that, on sale for about under $120. First person that texts 303-731-1043, the brand name of that fly rod gets a $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse. Speaking of gift cards, let's go to the phones, and I'll bet they have gift cards at Colorado Clays, don't they, Corey? We do indeed. You know, before we even get to that, I, I want to say something because we're really proud of you guys as a sponsor, Corey. You're so community involved. And I know you're slammed right now today. Um, you guys have so much that you work with charities for fundraisers and stuff. Tell people just take 30 seconds about the event you got going on right now. Oh, my gosh. Well, we just finished checking in about 230 people for a charity event benefiting Children's Hospital on the Sporting Clays course. So it's a great day at the shooting range. Um, each participant brought a toy. We have a, 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 an enclosed trailer absolutely plumb full of toys that next week will be delivered to Children's Hospital. So it's a great and hectic day at the shooting range. <laughs> oh, it really is. But, you know, you guys, since I've known you guys, I got involved with you guys before you were ever a sponsor when we were out there for um used to have a big uh, shotgun event out there that was for the 4-h kids oh yeah we do all, we do, i just love working with charities um and there's so many you know people that turned out today and of course it's just a gorgeous weather day it's hard to believe it's the second day of december with you know it's supposed to be 65 degrees today but yeah we love working with charities helping them design events that you know make you know make them money further their missions and all that good stuff and we're going to get to some other things but let's talk about that if somebody whether it's a fundraising event for a charity, whether it's a company Christmas party, whether it's a family reunion. You guys have facilities to do all that right right out there at Colorado Clays, don't you? Oh, yeah, we sure do. And the neat thing about all of that is is we can customize an event that fits the skill level of the shooters. So a lot of times, you know, if you've got a group that hasn't shot before or you want to do a company outing as a team-building um, opportunity, we've got instructors on staff that can help you with that. So you don't have to be a pro shooter to set up or participate in any of these events. We can, uh, you know, accommodate shooters of all skill levels. And and the neat thing, too, is that uh, even if it's just like a family holiday party or a company holiday party, you can just turn it into a really good time. You can make a, a fun competition out of it 
and you can you can have lunch out there. You can really just make the event however they want it to be, and really for any size group almost. Yeah, we love customizing events. We this fall we did a ton of bachelor parties. Uh, we've got a ton of you know employee or holiday parties coming up. Charity shoots like we have today. Um, we did a lot for the VFW in November around Veterans Day, those types of things. So yeah, we and we love working with people and setting up events. That's I that's I love doing that. <laughs> now when you do when you do bachelor parties, does anybody say is this a shotgun wedding? <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> hey Corey, what about speaking of Christmas, maybe somebody's still looking for a place to have their Christmas party, they can get a hold of you. But what about somebody, you know, a lot of times uh buying for a, a a shooting enthusiast a Christmas gift can be difficult because the equipment sometimes get kind of gets kind of personal, even the accessories. But you guys can do um, gift cards. They come out there and shoot. Yeah, we sure. Yeah, we sell a ton of gift cards. I actually sold a bunch yesterday with people that were getting a jump on their on their shopping. But it, it's a great opportunity to this gal that came yesterday. She buys them for their grandkids or who are on budgets, and she said it's the favorite gift they get all year. They look forward to getting it from her. And the one year that she didn't get it for them, they were disappointed. So. So yeah, we do we do sell gift cards. They can be purchased either in person at the range or call us and we can either email it out to you or just mail it out to you. So And I will give out the phone number, but the easiest way to remember how to get a hold of you is your website, right? Yeah, so our website is coloradoclays.com um, and it has obviously our physical address as well as our phone number and everything on there. Yeah, and you know, to get that and call you guys and get a hold of you. Now the one thing I want to warn people about if they come out there, it's the only negative about the whole place is don't talk fishing with Jr. Because he's getting to be a real pain. He, he's, he's constantly texting me pictures of big fish. I think they're probably taken over the last 10 years. And he tells me he was out yesterday. But he's constantly doing these pictures. Yet he always does them the day after he goes. He goes, we got to go fishing together. Never calls. Then the day after he texts me these pictures. And and then and then he and then he says, well, we got to go sometime. He never tells me where he was or anything else. So we're getting a little we're getting a little, you know, we're getting a little worked up over. Jay. Yeah, although, <laughs> although, you know what, if people are into shooting and there's so much crossover between Doug and Jr., if you just want to sit down, have a can of pop and talk fishing, you probably couldn't find a better place. Oh, absolutely not. Just plan on spending the day. You'll never get out of here. If that's oh, what it is. I, I know that that's exactly true. Before we let you go too, that we should touch on your, uh, rifle, rifle and pistol range because it's beautiful today. Okay. But two things are going on. It's harder to find outdoor places to shoot because there's so much development and so many regulations. And yet you want to shoot in what's got what they call like blue sky or whatever. So the target is lit by natural light, but and when it gets colder, that gets a little uncomfortable, even if you can find a place. You can solve both those, can't you? Yeah, we sure can. So it's hard to believe, you know, looking outside the last few weeks here, but winter will come, I'm sure of it. And so the rifle range, 100-yard um, rifle range and the 25-yard handgun range is unique in that, um, like you mentioned, from the shooter's position forward, it's open air um, and natural light, which is great for, you know, sighting in your rifle and that t- kind of thing. But the shooting canopy is also heated. So even if the weather is, you know, chilly or a little bit windy, it's it's a lot better than just being completely outdoors in the elements. Um, that really around and, you know, flip the heat on in there, and it's actually quite comfortable. You still have to wear a jacket and, you know, kind of bundle up a little bit, but it's a lot better than just being completely outdoors. Um, so that is great feature of the rifle range um but who knows i mean we haven't had to turn the heat on just yet so i but i know that day's coming here <laughs> well i'm sure it will i mean we're not gonna you know i i want 
cold weather for ice fishing, I'll be honest with you. But when I'm sitting on my patio and it's 65 degrees having dinner, it's hard for me to wish for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I've done more hiking the last couple of weeks than I expected. So, no, that was great. That no, was it's, great. <laughs> it's, it's been awful. Corey, we got to let you go. But the best way to find you, coloradoclays.com? coloradoclays.com. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, thanks, Terry. You bet. That's Corey from Colorado Clays. What a great group of people. They are just just awesome, awesome, awesome people. You know, um, before we go to a break here, I got to tell you, I always tell you I have a package of honey-smoked salmon in my refrigerator, and I do. And usually it's the original because I like to doctor it up myself. I, I, I make spreads and stuff. But if I'm just going to eat it the way it is, you can get it. Um, you can get it with cracked pepper. You can get chipotle lime. There's a number of flavors. They're all delicious. Another reason I like them so much at the holidays, and I'm going to admit this, I've been trying to watch my weight and working out a little more because I overindulge at the holidays. I do. So I need every edge I can get. Honey Smoked Fish Company, Smoked Salmon, gives me that edge. It allows me to eat something that I just love the taste that's so healthy. There's zero carbs. It's high protein. It's got omega-3 fatty oils. It's just a tremendous, it's a superfood. And yet I get to indulge and feel like I'm cheating. It's just fantastic. Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon is available in virtually all, all the major supermarkets. And it's the smoked salmon. If you don't even like smoked salmon normally, try a package of this. I guarantee you're going to love it. Honey Smoked Fish Company is a, a partial sponsor of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. All right, I know Brad Peterson is waiting, but this is Desperado by the Eagles. Come on, this is one of the all-time greatest songs. You've got to listen. Desperado, why don't you Man, if this doesn't put you in a good mood, it's just story of life. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest motorcycle and ATV dealer. We better go to the phones because I want to give this man some time. He has a wealth of information on hunting and fishing. Brad Peterson joins us, and I think he's going to talk some waterfall hunting. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. It's a beautiful day if you're not an ice fisherman. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, probably if you're not a waterfall hunter either, because the birds are going to be flying pretty high. I know we're we're in a split right now for duck season, right? Yeah, we are in a split for duck season, and we need to make sure people are aware of that. Because uh, looking on Facebook this morning, I saw a few people posting some pictures of some ducks getting harvested in areas where the season is closed. So that is something people. I really need to pay attention to anywhere, uh, either in the mountain zone or the northeast zone of the central flyway. The duck season is closed until the 16th for the northeast zone and the 23rd for the mountain zone. So definitely, uh, you know, pay attention to that. But uh, the good news is we are covered up in geese. So there's plenty of opportunities to go chase some geese around while duck season's closed. Now, um, I want to get to the geese, but before we do, um, when uh, when it opens again, are you expecting pretty good ducks? I mean, are we seeing the migrations get into full swing? You know, Terry, we had our first push here about two, three weeks ago of some northern birds, and they're still hanging around. I think if we're able to get a little bit of ice, get these smaller ponds frozen up, or get one more good cold front in before that time, we should be really set up for a great opener of that uh, split. Now, how, you said we're covered up with geese. Are you hunting the geese over water or in fields, Brad? 
I'm mainly hunting them in fields right now. Uh, if you've got access to water, there's there's a great opportunity for that as well. We had a bunch of birds move in here about two weeks ago when those ducks came in as well. And they're spread out on every little pond, lake, reservoir around, which is making for some great goose hunting because the birds are coming from all sorts of different directions looking for spots to feed. Most of the guys I know are getting limits by 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. It's, it's just been, it has been one of the best early goose seasons we've seen in 10 years. Now, do you have to get out there early? Are they, is there opportunity during the course of the day? And are they flying pretty high? Is it a little more difficult with these bluebird skies? You know, surprisingly right now, and I think part of it's because they're on so many different bodies of water, they haven't started flying really high. I've been out kind of in the Windsor area uh, around Fort Collins. And the birds haven't been much over 150, 200 yards that are moving around, which is, is uh, it's a definitely a workable range. And oh. as far as getting out early in the morning, the morning flight, it has been early, you know, right around that 6.45 time. But there is an afternoon flight. I don't think you've got much of an opportunity from 10 to 2. That's usually best when we're dealing with really cold weather conditions. But that 2 o'clock till dark, uh, if you can't make the early morning or you want to sleep in a little bit and wait for it to warm up, the afternoon flight can be phenomenal as well. Are you having to do a lot of calling and decoys? You know, decoys right now, these are flocks of lessers, so they usually are bigger flocks of birds. I'm going to say most guys are trying to put out eight dozen or more. Um, you can get by with less if you're in a good spot. But the, the big key is motion. Having some sort of a flag or a flapper going, that's going to be your the big selling point to making your spread look realistic. Calling, um, you can get by with, with just a, an average amount of calling right now. It's not taking really hard calling. so it's, And the birds are responding well to it. So it's a good time if you're just learning how to call. Just do a little bit. As soon as the birds keep working, just kind of keep it going. It's a great opportunity to build the confidence for when those birds get a little bit tougher later on in the season that you've had some success with the call and you're not afraid to use it. I want to switch gears on you right now. I want to try to talk a little fishing. I know you're an, you know, everybody knows you're an avid angler. You're a tournament fisherman during the open water season, and I'm pretty sure your boat's put away. You could go down to Pueblo, but I know you're an avid ice fisherman been a little tough. Um, I, Nate Zielinski said he's seen some ice. He's been able to fish up at 9,000 feet. But overall, it's been pretty warm. Now, that's supposed to change over the next couple of weeks. And I would think, give it another week, at elevations, we're going to have some pretty good ice, I hope. You know, always be extremely careful this time of the year. But we it probably at least a couple of weeks away from even some of the small lakes on the front range. Are you hearing any reports or anything happening? You know... Kind of like everyone else, the ice has been real spotty. I heard some, uh, saw some pictures from people up at Lake John just uh, middle of this week. Lake John doesn't have any ice at all, and uh, you know some of the lakes have a little bit of ice. Oh, when we had our last cold snap, but after that, we pretty much have lost all of our ice, which isn't a bad thing because the high country's been getting a lot of snow. And you know how it can be. You put a little bit of ice on and a bunch of snow on top of it, and you never really get that good foundation. 
to build off of. So hopefully what we get is we get a good cold front coming in that gets that first three to six inches of ice and makes it real solid and clear. And we're going to get a good foundation. So hopefully that ice will stick around for later in the year. Yeah. But I, I was out at uh, Boyd just last week, and the lake temperature was still 45 degrees at Boyd. So I'm really thinking we're looking at least two, possibly three weeks before our bigger lakes along the front range have any ice to where I would feel comfortable looking at them. A couple minutes, I want to change gears a little bit. And that's the fact that instead of venturing out on questionable ice, a bite that gets overlooked this time of the year because a lot of people just don't fish. And up and down the front range with this cooler water, there's a tremendous opportunity to catch trout from shore. Oh, there is. I, uh, Like I said, I was out at Boyd a week ago and caught several trout uh, in the Marina Cove area uh, pitching uh, little jerk baits. And I watched the guy come up from shore, and he was there less than 15 minutes casting what looked to be a, a spoon, something probably like a cast master from shore. And in 15 minutes, he caught his four trout, put them in his, uh, put them on the stringer, and headed out. So and there is some great opportunities. The trout are real active this time of year. A lot of these lakes have been stocked recently because they try to put some new trout in right before they freeze up. So I would go out there, try a spoon, um, maybe a, a jig underneath a float, something that uh, like that that moves a little slower. With that, you might pick up some panfish and crappies as well. All right, Brad, we're out of time, but thanks for those updates, and I'll be talking to you during the week. All right, sounds good. Thanks. That's uh, Brad Peterson. Always a great wealth of information. A couple of things I want to cover real quick before we're out of time here. One is don't forget Kirk's Fly Shop in Estes next week has an open house sale. The important thing up there is that the authors, John Gierick, Landon Mayer, Steve um, Schweitzer, John Barr, and a number of others are going to be up there signing books. What an opportunity. But if you go up to Kirk's at Estes next Saturday and mention Terry Wickstrom, you get 50% off one item. That is, you could be buying a $400 fly rod and get it half price. Okay, one item. So that's at Kirk's up in Estes next week. Follow us on Facebook. I think this week on Facebook, you're going to see a post from my uh, Denver Post column on the on the char up at Dillon. And we'll also try to update you on Facebook, any ice fishing conditions and what's coming up on the show the next few weeks. So we are going to have to wrap it up here. We're going to have sports coming up. So we will. Uh, this is uh, thanks to Kyle. Thanks. OK. ESPN Radio next on 104.3 The Fan.